Welcome to Geek Nerd Tech on Black Hollywood Live. Today, Mark Zuckerberg stands firm. Obama brings his, gives his final tour of the White House, and Trump keeps on tweeting. Let's go. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Live's Geek Nerd Tech. Broken glass oh. everywhere. People huh? pissing on the stage. You know they just, just don't, don't care. care. I can't take the smell. Can't take the noise. Got no money to move out. I guess I got no choice. Rats in the front room. Roaches in Man. the back. Junkies in the alley with the baseball bat. That's a I rough get away, but I couldn't day. Get a man yeah. with Rats in the front room. Roaches in the back. Oh, Junkies yeah. in the alley with a baseball bat. That's the, re- that's the reality. That's the reality. Still is. Still is. Uh, welcome to Geek Nerd Tech on Black Hollywood Live. Um, that was Melly Mel. Uh, and the Furious Five uh, with Grandmaster Flash. Absolutely. Um, one of the uh, seminal groups in hip-hop, one of the first, you know, rap groups ever. Yeah. Um, and one of the most socially, one of the first socially conscious messages. And the, it's the message. You well, know? the first socially conscious rap on yeah. record. On record, yeah. on record, yeah. That, that's the one. That's when it sort of changed the game as to what... Uh, People thought and knew they were able to rap about. It's the first time people weren't rapping about partying, right. and uh, and it was you first know, storytelling really, yeah, know, being exemplified. And it's also I noted because Rolling Stones, first time Rolling Stone paid attention and, and gave it five stars was a review and elevated the art form from just party songs to like, well, look, looks like we have something here. That's that, that Rolling Stone was not super progressive on uh, on, on hip hop early on, but they changed their ways. But um, welcome to Geek Nerd Tech. Show we break down. Geek news and nerd culture from a black and brown tech perspective. Tech news and nerd culture from a black and brown geek perspective. I'm joined by Akili Shine. I'm Joe Braswell. How you doing, sir? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. I, I love that track. I remember listening to that all the time when I was man. a kid. My dad would just always play play that particular one. Loud as hell, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, it was, you know, the the music was fantastic. You know, and the, the, the kind of the funk-based music. But um, all these rhymes were incredible. Oh, like, yeah. Absolutely incredible, super like, advanced, super advanced. I mean, like long. And then it was, the song was like six minutes long, and he was still rapping. Yeah, it was you still know? compelling. Yeah, like it wasn't like okay, I'm tired of hearing the same loop. Like it, it was, I, I was entrenched. Yeah, it's the whole time. Yeah. Also, like, like, you know, it kind of reminded me. Uh, well, anyway, I was gonna say I was almost in the spirit, almost in the vein of some of the um, Gil Scott Heron spoken word joints, particularly um, you know my favorite Whitey's on the Moon, but but. Um, but um, I really love, while we're talking about this, I loved uh, Melly Mel's rap in Beat Street. The overrated, beat, the, the underrated, his underrated rap in Beat Street, which is kind of like the message. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a fir- whole first verse where he basically tells the whole plot of the entire movie. Mm-hmm. And then the whole second verse where he does kind of like the message part two, which is really like, he's like he doubles down on his socially conscious message. I thought it was incredible. I think the thing that's dope about the message is that you still got the funky beat. You got a banging ass beat right. that has some musicality to it, even though it's loopy. On top of that, you have the progressive, socially conscious message that's defining what's happening in, in the urban community, which has never been done before on record. Yeah, and I mean the video was pretty fucking awesome too. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, you know, I mean I, that's my thing. It's like I, I, back to a time when the most gangster thing you could do was wear some like leather boots. Hey, hey, that's, <laughs> that's that seventy swag. I'm not, I'm not mad at it at all. Rick James, and exactly. Like cameo and all of them. dressing like, up like a woman. The, the, the gangsters <laughs> that you could do is dress like a woman. Is <laughs> wear some glitter and some boots. Right. That's uh, all good though. Um, anyway, welcome to our show. Uh, let's talk about we're, we're closing in on the uh, as we sit here today we are literally two days away from the end of the Obama era 
and uh, it's 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 you know it's kind of hit me. It's been hit me slowly but surely, creeping up on me. But it's 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 hit me. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I mean, how could it not hit you when you juxtapose it to what we're about to enter? Yeah, that hasn't really hit me at all. I won't. I won't really until I see him swear in on Friday. Which are you gonna watch? Yeah, I'm gonna watch because as a as a, as a critique of uh, a critic of you know culture, I want to know what's going on. Absolutely. I want to be able to give a, an informed opinion, and I want to be able to see it myself versus read it from others. Right, so absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to watch too. Uh, I just man, it's gonna it's a tough it's gonna be a tough watch. How how, how far how, how much are you, of it are you gonna watch? You gonna watch into um, the you just watch the am I gonna watch the first dance and all that? That's what I'm saying. You're gonna watch the remarks and the swearing. You're gonna go all into. Uh, you know, whoever Trey Atkins, whoever's playing. I'll probably, I'll probably definitely watch the more formalized elements of the inauguration, but some of the more social stuff, I'll just, I'll just have on in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'll definitely be sitting to watch to see what this dude is going to say, even though I kind of already know. Um, but I also want to know, you know, who's in the crowd, who's in the audience, over I'm, under on how many uh, Confederate flags we see. Right. The <laughs> I'm so damn dead here. I'm not joking. <laughs> Hey, like you know that shot they have of, of, you know, of, of, of the, the mall, of, of the mall, right? Like, how many Confederate flags do you think we'll see waving? Hey, man, I say, I mean, I say ten. Hey, man, hey, who knows, bro? I like. I hope, I hope there's a lot of protest energy out there, you mm-hmm. know. And I, I know there's a lot of groups that are doing stuff the day before and also the day after. But yep. I wonder if there's going to be a lot of inner energy um, or anti-Trump stuff happening, you know. Actually, during the inauguration, I think there's a lot of just. Dis- I mean, I think there's some disruption plan, peaceful disruption. I hope, and I wonder if that'll turn into, you know, I just hope there's no real violence. I mean, there's people, the people who are there to Damn, support Trump's, you know, presidency, and really who who make the trek to to go see President Trump. Those folks, the people who show up at the Trump rallies, yeah, they might be. Like they're they're, they're like they're not like ready to wild out. So hey. if a bunch of niggas come up or anybody, anybody doesn't have to be black folks, but anybody come up. You know, and I mean, that, that, that could be, it could be, it could get interesting. Hey, man. Not violent. We will soon see, brother. We will yeah. soon see, man. But uh, to your point, man, it, I mean, my take on the whole Obama exiting, like we talked about a few times in, in recent times. But yeah, I mean, it's some, sense, some sentimentalness of it. Um, you know, having someone that looks like you in, in the White House that has, you know, kind of like your. Your body language and mm-hmm. you know you have, you have a lot of identifiers you know and not yeah. to have that anymore i think will be a void and and it's kind of like a loss and almost like a death so it's like a mourning in a way you know yeah. well uh you know uh, uh, oculus rift and facebook has done something i think is pretty cool they have and, and and obama and the white house have set up a virtual tour of the white house something right. like you know a few people get to see what the inside of the white house the oval office looks like right. and, and they have a situation where you can do a tour Right. Uh, the White House. I, I really want to do that. Um, I think it's only through Oculus Rift. I can't do it through my my, uh, my 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 joint. I don't think yet, but hopefully right. maybe. Um, Actually, and, I uh, think you can, man, because they they're offering it even if you don't have a, a headset. Oh, okay. you can watch it on you know on your computer, but you know you're not gonna have the immersive experience. But you could. I think you can watch it on multiple formats: your phone, oh, computer, well, and your headset. Hopefully, if I have my phone, I can do the headset. Right. Joint. That, that would love, I would love to do that. But uh, that's exciting to me. I would love to. It's, it's, it may be kind of a. Nice to get a, a nice farewell to Obama having given me a, a tour of right. his White House. Exactly, what he's got hanging on the walls. Absolutely. I mean, I love um, the fact that you know Obama. I mean, obviously the technology is caught up during his presidency, sure. but the fact that he's harnessing the technology and giving us these, these experiences to be able to to see, you know, bird's eye, first person, was what goes on, mm-hmm. you know, in, in correlation to him. I know he did the, that big thing with the, the national parks when he went to, I think, Yellowstone yeah. or Yosemite, and, and he did the same thing with the virtual reality. You could see exactly what he was looking at. 
and just a beautiful landscape. And so to be able to then harness that technology again and show us what look, what it looks like in the White House, I think is pretty fresh. So yeah, I agree. I agree. I forgot, I forgot that he already he already made that move. Yeah, with the, with, the, with the parks thing. So looking forward to that. Um, moving on to our guy Trump. <laughs> uh, funny, funny man. Uh, you know, oh, on Sunday, um, he you know there, there's an interview on Sunday with uh, by uh, Congressman uh, John John Lewis with uh, Chuck Todd and Meet the Press, mm-hmm. where um, he talked about Trump not being a legitimate president and had his feelings on the Russian hacking yeah. and other things. And, and Trump responded, as he does every time, with a, with a Twitter uh, rant, yeah. um, you know, uh, say, saying a lot of interesting things about uh, American hero and civil rights legend uh, John, John Lewis, uh, particularly all talk, no action, which is just dreadfully insulting, uh, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, and, uh, you know, I mean... I half expect to be like that lightweight Martin Luther King. I mean, but but the, the idea of doing that in Martin Luther King weekend, and it was technically Martin Luther King's birthday on the fifteenth. The idea that that all went down on that day, the tone deafness yeah. of that is insane. But not only that, and then he went on to uh, talk about uh, his uh, his burnt burnt out failing city uh, in his district. Which is Atlanta, which is you know very upperly mobile, progressive city, not full of uh, not not a uh, you know on fire or whatever he said it was, you know whatever. So now that's not the story. I shouldn't give that more. I shouldn't I shouldn't give that airtime. But the story is is a lot of Democrats start, starting with John Lewis are going to boycott the inauguration. Uh, what do you think about the boycott? What do you think about Trump tweets? I mean, hey, we, we obviously um, get a lot of our information from social media, Twitter, Facebook. And, you know, I, I like the fact that a lot of uh, House members, you know, were vocal about um, their position as it related to the inauguration and saying, hey, we're not going. We're not going to support, you know, a, a president-elect who's been um, disrespectful and, and demeaning to, to multiple groups. And our values don't align with that. And the inauguration is a time where you celebrate and, and welcome the president because you want to have some type of uh, commonality or, or alignment with, and we and we're saying we don't have that, and so I think it's a it's a some symbolic um, stance to take, and I think it's very powerful, and, and it, I think it um, it does definitely cr- keeps the climate of critique upon him, even as he enters the, you know the White House, and so I like the fact that they came to uh, John's, they had John's back essentially, and um, said nah, you know I, I don't like how you how you responded to him, and we're gonna do the same. And it made me. Feel, I, mean, I agree with everything you said. It makes me feel good that like Republicans aren't making this a partisan issue too. Uh, I mean, one, one Republican representative just just tweeted, "Dude, stop!" Right. You know? <laughs> like, uh, and you know, and people are just going out of the way to say this isn't. Some people are like, you know, I think that uh, Mr. Lewis is, has has chosen his words poorly. Some have said other things, but um, yeah. I just, what, what do you think about the notion of the president on Twitter? In general, I mean, like you know, someone on Meet the Press said this is just the new abnormal. We have to get used to it. This is the future. Other says that that's ridiculous. American people shouldn't have to adjust to him. We shouldn't have to grow up because he's a child. Like, what do you think about from a technology standpoint, information standpoint, our, our, our president on Twitter, from an international uh, governing standpoint? I mean, I remember eight years ago when Obama was diehard BlackBerry. He, he didn't want to give up his BlackBerry, right. but he did because of national security, and they wanted to be able to have a, a phone or a system where they could, you know, secure his communication and he he did forthrightly even though he was like yo I'm, I'm team Blackberry he still gave it up right. and so I feel like you know if his advisors and people that have have obviously done this for almost generations are advising him to hey not use the use Twitter in the way that he's using it I think he should listen but hey 
I think he's going to fall on his own sword. I think that the fact that he is is such a child um, and his responses are so childlike that I think he's just going to he's going to continue to cause so much turmoil turmoil and trouble for himself. And I think that's great. The fact that he could be baited and trolled by anybody. There's a list of meets the plus that was like a joke almost. It was a scroll of all since he's been president elect. All the people he's lashed out and respond to on Twitter. It was a long ass scroll, and it was like, and John Lewis is at the bottom. It was like, how do you have the time? That's what I asked. As like, president elect, we got a lot of shit to do. How do you have the time? He's on Twitter, <laughs> lightweight, failing <laughs> piece of garbage. Like, knock it off, you know. Thank you. I mean, we talk about nations, uh, states, statesmen, organizations, newspapers, CNN, individuals. It's 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 really you know. I mean, I get the fact that you know president. Obama has tweeted. He tweets, but like the fact that he uses that platform in, in, a, in a more controlled, um, deliberate, strategic fashion, Trump uses it just like he's just talking to the homie, you yeah. know, in the back room. Right. You know, big difference. Yeah, and, and almost everything he says is wrong and misinformed. You know, wrong, I mean, almost everything he says. Uh, anyway, uh, all right. Moving on. So right now, I would say about, I don't know, two miles from the spot we sit right oh, now. Man, I have to ask you this question. Yes. Sorry. My question to you is, what do you think, how do you think Twitter um, is responding to Trump using their platform? I mean, it's interesting. I, I think that they, you know, Twitter sort of positioned himself as, as someone who can't do anything because, you know... It's tricky. The it's back to our age old question: is, twi- is Twitter closer to an NBC or a CNN, or is Twitter closer to an AT and T or a Sprint? If it's closer to an AT and T and a Sprint, then hey, every people talk on the phone, they say shit all the time, you know, or they people say whatever they're going to do on, on the on the Wi Fi. If they're closer to an AT and T to an NBC or a, or a CNN, then they do have responsibility to say, hey, on our airwaves. We don't allow X, Y, Z, which they kind of do. You can't just go on Twitter and say what you want. But this is President of the United States. It's an interesting debate. But doesn't the doesn't the attention um, bring more attention to them as a platform? Every time we say Trump and yeah. tweet and yeah. Twitter, that helps. That helps rise. You, know, the stock you, of you can make the argument. People have already been making the argument that Twitter is kind of on its way out and probably will. You know, it's be acquired. To, yeah, be, be acquired or die in some right. way, shape, or form. In that. You know, I'm sure Trump will tell you, I'm saving Twitter. <laughs> it was failing before I started tweeting, but I don't know. I mean, are, are you suggesting that this is a advantage to Twitter and they want to keep it going? I think anything that anything that is hard out is an advantage to Twitter. Hmm. So I interesting. Mean, I think that the fact that he is able to, he has millions of followers and he's able to, to get so much attention from, you know, forty characters, I think it, it it serves as some benefit to Twitter as a as a platform. Interesting. Well, we'll see, we'll see how that plays out. I, I you know, again, this forty characters. Sorry. Yes, yeah, so this is the debate of the uh, how they position themselves: media company or communications tool. Right. I guess it is. Uh, anyway, right down the street from here, from this very spot, uh, Valley College was was hacked and some information was held ransom. Hmm. Um, the hackers asked for about twenty eight thousand dollars worth in Bitcoin. Um, I don't know what you call that. What, what you call Bitcoin? I guess it's in Bitcoin. I guess it's just in Bitcoins. Bitcoins. Yeah, Bitcoins. Okay, and uh, and they paid, and um, I think they sort of felt like they had to. But I mean, this is interesting. This could have sort of cyber ransom, cyber terrorism. But then, you know, they figure twenty thousand not that much. But is this a slippery slope? In that, like, oh, they paid twenty eight. We should ask for fifty two. Are they going to hack them next week? Are they going to hop around from, from district to district? I mean, what, is this a bad precedent, or is this something they, they, should, they should have paid? 
I mean, I, I think that, you know, they have to weigh, weigh the balance. Like, do we pay and, you know, maybe they don't give us the security key to get our information back? Or do we not pay and we just we know for a fact we're not going to get it back? So it's such a, a nominal fee, nominal ransom, we might as well just pay and see what happens. And plus, I believe they have insurance, you know, as well for stuff like this. But, I mean, I agree, like... It is a slippery slope in terms from the hacker's position. It's like, hey, I'm going to exploit this as much as I can um, from, I guess, an organizational uh, perspective or a company perspective. It's like, hey, I mean, you, you're in the, in the digital era that we are, you're, you will always be at the threat of a hack. No matter how secure your systems are, the hackers are going to figure it out and try to trump that. And so I think it's always going to be an ebb and flow with that, you know. Um, but the fact that, you know, a hacker can extort you now with bitcoins where it's untraceable it doesn't have a centralized bank i think that is it gives the hacker clearly an upper hand because yep. it's like Yo, you can't you can't really come down on me and it's also blueprints tip the iceberg i mean what happens when someone uh you know hacks uh you know uh, i don't know um I'm an example like a uh, wells fargo you know and, and wants a billion dollars Otherwise, I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, or what's a, what's a half a million, went to a million dollars or, or $500 million. Otherwise, I delete all these accounts or whatever. It's something ridiculous. I mean, who, know, who knows where we're headed right. from here? Um, it's definitely, definitely possible. Yeah. Uh, it's a scary times, interesting times. Like, just, I, I think that that just sets a bit. It feels like a, a, a test balloon floated up to see what the, what, what, I mean, every individual is different, but, uh, they know they got the, uh, you know, like like U.S. Uh, school system, they really got them on lock. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, we they need every bit of that money. Um, so back to Zuckerberg. Zuck is, uh, you know, was, you know, there's some folks suing Oculus Rift, saying that the the folks um, who started Oculus Rift stole, literally fell out. I mean, fought, a company called ZeniMax is claiming that um, the the Oculus folks flat out stole their stuff to make Oculus Rift. Facebook acquired it, so now they've been going after Facebook saying you you are you have stolen stuff and we need two billion dollars from you. Hmm. And uh and Mark Zuckerberg said, Hell no. Yeah, I mean the fact that Mark, you know, flew into to Dallas to actually be there in person and suited up, you know, right. I think says a lot that, you know, I'm not standing by this, I'm gonna really fight this. Um and he argues that, you know, the all the, well, I guess what the company what what is the name of the company again? Zinni Zinni uh, I believe Zinni I think it's Zinni not Zinni Rift Zinni something. Well, yeah, that company is arguing that they that Mark Facebook Oculus took a bit of code from them, and Mark Zuckerberg is saying that if you look at if you look at the the back end of how we developed our software, there's no piece of code that can 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 tie us to this company. And so he, I mean, he, I think he's also angry at the fact that you know because Facebook is now so big and so ubiquitous that you know a lot of people are trying to sue him um, just. Just because, you know, just because he's big and they think they can extort him or get money out off of him. And so it's like, man, it's like a chore now. When you get so big, it's like now you have to protect yourself from the people that are just trying to kind of leech off of you. And this is this is what he's arguing as that case. It's a leech. It's a leech case. Right. So. I mean, I, I think it's again, and I also think it sets a bad precedent. And two B's is not, I mean, it's Facebook, but two B's is two B's, you know. Two B's is, is a considerable amount I mean, of money. You know, he's not going to write that check and keep Heck it moving. Nah. <laughs> so, nah. um, he could, but he's not going to. Uh, so keep saying with Facebook. Facebook has decided to do something, which I think could be a good idea in response to all this fake news and news controversy and what is Facebook and that uh, they're doing what I suggested they do on this very program. They're starting their own sort of journalism project. Now, they're not starting um, a news. Uh, are, we, are we on? 
uh, uh, Marissa, I can't, um, we uh, they're not starting um, a sort of a, a news channel or a news division. Right. They're starting what they're calling a journalism project, mm. and what that's going to do is be able to somehow. I'm like, I don't know exactly how, but they're going to be able to utilize, you know, Washington Post and Fox News and and Germany's Bill and even Spain's El País to sort of aggregate and use their own people to uh, sort of generate their own sort of journalistic news. I guess the idea would be to ha have higher accountability for the stuff that comes through Facebook right. as opposed to, you know, just anything that's posted up and that's and Facebook is responsible for, sh you know, disseminating and sharing anybody's news, which is clearly fake. And this is an effort to, to stop people like Russia yeah. from beginning out using their platform for misinformation. I think the last thing I'll say is, there's one thing if the, if it was like, hey, fake news guys are out there trying to make some money, but now that it's, it's been clear and noted that Russia has been utilizing Facebook as a platform to do to get disinformation into the American into the American population, uh, he can't ignore that. Yeah, can't ignore that. And I think it's a it's. I think it's it's also an economic strategy for him because everything is, by the of way. Of course, of <laughs> course. But, but I mean, that's not talked about in the article. Obviously, yes, it's yes. like good faith. I'm doing this out of you know right. it's po a, a positive thing for my partners. Right. But I mean, there's a lot. There's been a lot of critique with a lot of publishers that because of Facebook's algorithm, that a lot of their stories get you know tucked under, and a lot of people don't have the same visibility um, uh, ranking as other as other publishers do. And so, what he's also saying is that he's going to partner with some of these publishers that are on the lower totem of it, and that will give them the opportunity to be able to make more money because more visibility, more ads, more money for everybody. So I think for him that's good because you know you have accountability with the storytelling and you know just the the journalistic. Eth ethical elements of it and then you're also you know bringing you know quality content to Facebook as a platform to the audience and because more people are viewing it ads want to be a part advertisers want to be a part of that Facebook and the publisher makes money win-win for everybody it's win-win for everybody until I mean, <laughs> well, I mean no it's, I think it's all fine but it, it just still it has the same problem that our current new system has now which is it's advertiser generated and based so right. if you're still doing something where you're trying to get clicks yeah. for money it's, you're putting yourself in a bad position it's going to have a degree of but it's better than what I got now what right. right now so right. Um, moving on Facebook is also putting a, a startup incubator in Paris putting its first startup incubator in Paris uh, again you know, they, they, this is viewed as sort of this altruistic sort of we want to go and find the greatest minds and one of the greatest cities in the world and it's also just the oldest trick in the book to say we'll spend some money you guys develop stuff on our platform or through us and guess what we got we got you all ha we're in Paris you know so it's like Uber offering free driving lessons in China or something you know it's like uh, but what do you think about this you have, am I wrong about this take do you have a more uh, uh, I mean, pessimistic take I, th I think all the big companies do this everyone every company has an R&D department you know where they're you know siphoning the best talents of the world, getting the best engineers, the best programmers to be able to come up with the next best idea. And so the fact that, you know, you're in this incubator where you can come up with something that could generate potentially theoretically billions of dollars and you might have some ownership stake in it. Like I don't I don't know if it's a full Facebook um, acquisition. They're just they're just like employees. I think they might have some type of ownership stake if one of their one of the incubator ideas, you know, gets selected. But the fact that they've created an environment in Europe, in Paris um, where they're able to, I guess, have a have a centralized place where they focused on developing new new dope shit. I think is pretty fresh. Same thing that Apple does. Same thing that Google does. No difference. Yeah, so. I, I agree. Um, uh, let's see. Where are we? 
I mean, I agree wholeheartedly. And, you You're know. just a Facebook hater, dog. <laughs> I just, I just don't trust it. I don't trust Zuck. I don't trust it. I feel like I hate him when, whenever he's like, "Good news, you know, America, I'm, I'm going to make your life better." I don't believe you. I, I believe there's, a, there's an end game here that involves him because he's a ruthless. I mean, you saw the social network. He ain't changed. Anyway, uh, moving on. We saw this uh, at my uh, birthday party situation, but um, the, the the new Apple commercial, which I think is excellent, just sort of talks about the, the AirPods, and, and it's, it's, it's they do this great commercial as a way to illustrate how they won't fall out. Uh, this, this is brother dancing around, sort of on the walls and the ceiling, all these different places. I think it's a, an amazing commercial, an amazing campaign. Um, I, I haven't peeped out the headphones yet. Um, you know, Apple does a great job of, of, of rolling out. I don't know if people are really worried about these or not buying them because they're expensive or they feel like they have the need to sort of prove that these work. They are a little scary because they're very tiny. I, I I know I will lose them like crazy, but they supposedly they work and supposedly they work well. I don't know. What do you, what do you want the campaign? What do you think about the earbuds? Campaign is dope. Commercial is fresh. Um, I wonder if I wonder what agency did it. I'm sure it's the same. Why didn't Why didn't Kennedy did it? Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I think the campaign looks fresh. Like it's, it's a, like a very cool uh, cinematic. Uh, just the way they the way they've kind of like changed the perspective of of of, of dance of movement all on on film is dope. And to argue that you know you could you could work out with these or you could do some type of physical extracurricular activity and they won't fall out. I like I like the way they artfully did that. Um, in terms of the product, I don't know, man. I, I think that Beats already has a wireless. Beats already has a wireless headphone suite. Like, I don't know if I don't know why this is better than than that. You know, having the AirPods that don't necessarily have a have more uh, framing around your head versus Apple Beats that has you know the, the traditional headphone design but just don't have cord. Like, so I, are these louder? Are the do these pick up you know a, a, a better polyphony of music? Like. Like, what's the argument for these other than the, the fact that they look kind of futuristic? Well, I think the argument for them is that Apple's really just just like they did with the Air. They're trying to go away from the plugs and the, you know, like the Air was away going away from the CDs and the this and that. They want to go to a wireless sort of you know world. And with the new Sevens, obviously they're trying to do away with the headphones and the headphone jack and everything else. And pretty soon, I'm sure in the next iteration, you know, you won't have any kind of like any kind of any kind of holes or connectors. It'll be all I mean, with exceptional speakers. It'll be all you know, solid. You know, seamless, so it'll be so it could be waterproof, and your charger will be something you can just put on the ground. But I think this is just a move to sort of say we were getting rid of wires and we're going to do a cool. But we already did that when we acquired Beats. But Apple hasn't done it. Oh, yes, they acquired Beats. Yes, that, that's your point. That's your point. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, but did they, did they acquire the entire Beats? Like yes. the headphones, everything. Absolutely, just the, the whole piece? company. The whole uh, company. Wow, I yeah. know that. Good for that. Good for that. <laughs> well, maybe this, maybe this was developed by Beats, <laughs> and they're just taking it away. Who knows? Um, so, so I'll throw it back to you. So if you had, you know, a couple, I don't even know how much they cost. I haven't even educated myself on this. But yeah, say you had a couple $400, dollars $400, $500 laying around. You grabbing these? I don't think they're that much, but no, they're not that much. But they are. They're not cheap. I think they're. I think they're under two hundred. But still, they're not. They're not thirty nine dollars, which is already expensive, right? You know. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, they're 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 over a hundred. I think they're, I think they're right around one hundred fifty, if I remember correctly. I like the idea of them. I still want to buy them. So if they came with the iPhone 7 or the iPhone 8, cool. Oh, they're definitely not coming with it. <laughs> no, so I, mean, I don't want to go out and buy it. Nothing has compelled me. I think this is probably why the, the ad campaign, because nothing has really compelled me to go out and buy them. Another thing is, is yeah, the workout piece. I mean, you know, a lot of people really don't like the yellows in here. A lot of people don't like 
uh, the Apple in ear uh, phone. I hate them. Yeah, see, people really yeah. like. So it's, it's, I have big ears. I, I I like them actually. So I think these case could be for me, but you know we'll see. Um, something that's interesting. Before we get to this, I want to talk about our friends who are at DraftKings, who uh, we are. You know, people think that you know because we're deep in the playoffs, we're at the Final Four in NFC and AFC Championship games. That it's too late for fantasy football. Most fantasy football leagues have ended. Um, I came in third place in both of my leagues, as I thought I was <laughs> losing. But most of those are ended. But you can still play with DraftKings. So DraftKings allows you to pick players all the way through the playoffs, pick teams, pick players, compete against each other, compete against other folks, and a bit with a big chance to make a lot of money, over $100,000 in, in cash, um, cash money this week. Uh, it's the same as we always say. All you got to do is go to DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. Enter the promo code GEEK. That's DraftKings.com. Promo code GEEK. You can play and win today. Tonight. I mean, well, you can play. You can get to the lineup today for the games over the weekend. Um, so check it out. DraftKings.com. All right. So Apple, as, we, as predicted, is inching ever so closely to their own sort of like streaming joint they are we knew they required the 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 carpool karaoke brand that that they were gonna we predicted they would put on apple apple music they already have uh they announced the uh, will i am show plan of the apps um they have a dr dre the dre show coming as well uh they're 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 like they're like dipping their toe in 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 the original content but you know they have the wherewithal and the money and everything else to go full war and um, that you know, people are predicting that this may be something we may see by the end of this year. Um, the headline I'm reading is Apple just declared war on Netflix and Amazon. Do you view it as war? Uh, I mean, maybe this is the the early stages of what may become war, but I don't, I don't, I don't think they're positioned to to really take a a, a great market share away from Amazon and our and obviously Netflix, Netflix the biggest fish. Um, I mean, what? I don't have to cut you off, but, but why? Because they they had they have sitting around, lying around, two hundred thirty seven billion dollars in liquid cash to great. just throw at anything. Awesome. Okay, so you. Th- I mean, it it all it all comes down to the content. It has to be compelling content. It doesn't matter, you know, if you have the money. I mean, there's there's networks that have billions of dollars that have terrible content. You know, it has to resonate with the audience and with the zeitgeist that we're in. So Apple is a great company to be able to do that. I mean, they obviously yeah. they make Apple TVs. Obviously, they have um, Apple Apple Music as their platform. But they're talking about building content to be integrated into Apple Music to directly... Um, go after Spotify, which has almost double the subscribers than Apple Music. So I don't know what the platform will be to go after Amazon or Netflix because they have no other platform besides Apple. Okay, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. It's it's too early for for us to say it's warfare. I mean, they have to build a platform, which they, think about it, they already have a platform for music that they're not winning. So, I mean, you can't say because they have 230 billion dollars that they're automatically going to win how come they're not beating spotify that's a good point i mean i think i think that their, their strategy with apple music which i still ride for is we're gonna we're gonna win this with uh with curated content and stars and access and everything else i think what's happened is uh you know the title although the title's not winning anything i think the title with its large stars exclusivity of the large stars is sort of splitting that is splitting that uh putting those two up when Spotify was already ahead. They, they, Spotify was already ahead of the game, so... Just as Amazon and Netflix are. You launch, when you launch those two and you're splitting, you're fighting for scraps over there, it's going to be hard to catch Spotify who's and, and Pandora who, who who had a long head start. That being said, the, the analog for that for me is, uh, you know, is... Um, um, 
um, is HBO. HBO had a head start, a long head start. Netflix. In the streaming game? No. No, no, I'm talking about just in terms of like, I'm using the analog of like, Netflix came along and was able to catch up and, and, and also had passed. Uh, they created a different HBO. industry, though. They created a different business. HBO wasn't streaming content that's before Netflix. Oh, that's a good point. Netflix was me. DVD to your mailbox. You got me. Like, so, I mean, they created me. a whole different Excellent. business model. Excellent point. Well, the other thing that's interesting to me is I think that Netflix was able to, they had the business model, the streaming model, but they were also able to do something that only HBO was able to do, which is attract top-tier talent by... Uh, giving creators a place to be to give creators extreme creative freedom and a lot of money right. so Amazon Netflix is out HBO and HBO says you know with, with House of Cards they gave, they gave David Fitcher 100 million dollars to make a TV show that was unheard of right you know and it paid off yeah. as a hit show and I was you know was like, here's 100 million dollars go make a TV show guys and Emmy. like, Emmys people are like what right. 100 million dollars right. like and then now they just keep they do that on the regular so right. that was unheard of then and so I just, it's not un uh, as as Netflix sort of tightens their grip on creators, you hear about more notes and things. And that Amazon is also free spirit spending and trying to be this way. I foresee a world where Tim Cook and, and Apple are like, we're even more liberal. Here's two hundred million dollars, and you can do whatever you want. We're Apple, so who knows? I don't know. I, I think it's, it's, if you get the creators to come to you, um, you know, you win. I mean, you see, I just saw like Netflix. My, my thing is like. What what is going to be? Maybe they haven't created it yet, like we already said. But there needs to be something different that's going to attract me to them. Yes. Just because they have a, a scripted series, so fucking what? No, it's good because they be, have a movie. So what? Like there has to be something that's gonna highly be, unique that's going to make me like you know. Instead of me paying Netflix eight bucks a month, I'm going to go now to pay Apple. I, I think. You, what is that going to be? I mean, I mean, you may be underestimating the, the power of the Apple brand. I think that like if Apple comes out with a TV, I may buy the Apple TV maybe more than Samsung. You, know, you, didn't, you didn't buy the watch. <laughs> I know. Good, yeah, they, they're not winning, and that so far, so far, no good with that with Apple Music and Apple Watch. So I'm, maybe I'm making my own argument. I'm making your <laughs> argument for you. Uh, we'll see what happens. I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting. Um, GE just launched a brand of virtual reality thing, a series about science. Uh, it's not the first you know time GE is actually making a giant investment in the content. They're the a really interesting series that they partnered with uh, Imagine Entertainment on. They spent a lot of money. They're stepping to the, stepping up to the plate with these creators uh, on all platforms. This one's virtual reality and other ones, and and coming in and like really making an investment in content. And uh, you know, GE is really embracing its its sort of you know it's, it's a sort of PR brand as not just a appliance company but a technology and science company and then putting this money into content to support that I think is really smart you yeah, know I it's agree. all PR but it's working yeah I agree I mean I think they kind of have to I mean because that's where the that's where you know the attention right. is you know all of us are now interested I mean old and young we're all interested in, and dependent on you know technology and we, the, the thing about technology is always something new you, you want to acquire the newest thing and, and that's how it progresses forward so a company like GE has to do that you know to harness what harness the new platforms and mediums of how we communicate to be able to sell their products and to be able to resonate with their, their consumer so I love the fact that they're you know experimenting and doing stuff with, with VR in, in a very interesting cool way yeah yeah, I, I agree um, and I, you know and you know it's all PR because I mean he'd say this but GE you know, owned NBC for years. They were already in the content business. It's right. just, just to put a new face on it. And so, and it's doing it kind of differently. So, you know, not anything new, but I like the way they're going about it. Um, the Shorty Awards were announced. Uh, you know, the in- Internet's uh, finest. Uh, this is a big Hollywood Reporter thing rollout. 
um, big stars. It's award season. Um, the Shorty Awards are actually getting bigger and bigger. Um, a lot of big names, Leo DiCaprio, Jesse Williams, Aziz Ansari, uh, big movies, a lot of everything else, and I, which I really care about all the other stuff. But I, what I care about the most, when I scrolled down to Instagrammer of the Year, I saw my lovely sister. Man, go ahead, bro. Oh, there she is. That's right. My sister's nominated That's for awesome. uh, for uh, you know uh, for Instagrammer of the Year. God bless her, Amina Muchiolo. Uh, so you know, it's hey pretty, man, pretty pretty cool, man. Vote get to go to the Shorty Awards. Vote for me with yellow. I don't care about anybody else. That's that's my bias. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> but yeah, so that, that, I think that's kind of cool. I think that's awesome. I think it's awesome that you know. I mean, we, obviously, you know, we know Amina. Um, obviously, your your blood. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we know Amina, and you know what she's been able to do with her empire um, in such a short time, and to be able to be nominated as the one of the best Instagrammer out of. Arguably, millions of Instagram sure. accounts. Like, I think that's pretty phenomenal. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. So, congratulations, sis. Um, uh, moving on to the king of pop, uh, the the uh, Michael Jackson impersonator. So, Lifetime has a biopic coming up, and people used to laugh at these Lifetime biopics. They've been cranking them out, man. The Leah one was, you know, kind of kind of popular, and and uh, Michelle A. The Michelle A. <laughs> Sorry, laugh out loud. Yeah, I mean, how can, how can you not laugh out loud? <laughs> the Chalet ones. So now they yeah, got a, Whitney. The Whitney one was huge, actually. People love that one. They love TLC. Yeah, TLC. So, so, so Michael Jackson one's coming, and uh, they have, I think, I think rightfully so, cast a very famous Michael Jackson impersonator um, to to play uh, to play Michael. Right. And 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 I feel, I feel I'm happy for this guy. He's been a lot. We spent a lifetime. You know, being Michael Jackson and every doing everything you can to look and be like Michael Jackson, you get and, and this has got to be the crowning jewel. Is he land a role to play Michael Jackson? Hey, right, I yeah. guess, man. Or, or would, you, would you prefer would you prefer your boy Joseph Fiennes? Hey, man. Well, what do you think about them canceling the show? How about that? And what do you think about uh, yeah? What do you think about them canceling the show? First, well, let me let me back that up. What do you think about them casting a white man to play Michael Jackson? And then what do you think about them can- going through with the cancellation because of the uproar of, of, of discontent with that? <sighs> Tough, man. I, you know, I, you know, I, I, I think it's just incredibly tone deaf for <laughs> them to cast Joseph, Joseph uh, Fiennes as a, as a, as fa- and I'm a fan of him as an actor. I'm sure that he, you know, did a great job, but. You know, in the wake of so many, uh, and you can make the arguments about Michael Jackson's complexion and everything else, and, and how can you find African American actor to, you know, I, I hear the arguments. You can't find African American actor to get to that complexion. You know, you have to start. You almost have to go the other way. You know, um, to get to that complexion as opposed to having a suit. And also, there I think there are a lot. There's some talk about the worry of uh, like what happened to uh, Zoe Saldana and the Nina Simone situation. Are we going to lighten up an actor? Are we going to darken up a white? Like, what are we going to do here? So I think that when they just found someone to match his complexion, all makes sense on paper, is ridiculous. <laughs> Thank you. Especially, I, I was waiting for it. <laughs> especially when you see the photos. It's ridiculous. Uh, you got to show me. I've already seen him. <laughs> he does not look like Michael Jackson. Not at all. You can put a hat. You can do whatever you want to do. He's not Michael Jackson. Not at all. So, and on yes. top of that, Michael Jackson said while he was living, I think he said it to Oprah. He said, if they ever do a movie about me, please don't cast someone that's white. Don't cast a white man. He said it out yeah. of his own mouth. Yeah. For them to do that it was highly insulting and yeah. sensitive. I'm glad, I'm glad his daughter spoke up, too. Yeah. And, Protect uh, his legacy. She, uh, she should. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm not mad at my man. My, my man, uh, old uh, 
Uh, I can't find my last name, but uh, well, what's his name? But um, looks like Susanna Pass is on this one too. I mean, she's you know, she's she's been involved with the Jacksons since since, since the Jackson Five days. So uh, I don't know. We we'll see. And, and and she worked on the nineteen. Um, she also worked on the nineteen ninety two Jackson miniseries, which I liked. Was that the Jacksons? Yeah, that's the best one. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing topping that. Yeah, that was that was very good with uh with uh my man, I can't uh, Freddie Boomer Washington as Joe Jackson. Yeah, that's that's the best one. I yeah. could watch that anytime. That's a good one. Put that one on. It's, it's, let's go. That's a good one. And, uh, <laughs> the, the the end, the last like thirty minutes that Michael, I don't know about that dude, but every, everything else is good. Right. Everything else is good, especially especially the young young Michael. Oh yeah, killed all it. All that stuff killed it. Killed it. And the teenage Michael with the afro yeah, killed, killed it too. too. Yeah. Um, that's good. I watched that today. That's a good miniseries. Um, last but not least, Nintendo finally is launching a new console. Finally, after after five years, the Nintendo Switch. Is about to change the game. <laughs> Nintendo Switch. How many? How many? How many are you picking up? Hey man, unfortunately, I won't be picking up any. However, I really did want the uh, the 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 classic one that they offered in November that was sold out because they only had fifty of them that they sold in the whole yeah. country. Yeah, it's, it's still sold out, right? Right. But I, I can't. I, I really... That one is pretty cool. I like the nostalgic aspect yeah. of this, but this, like, I okay. So the concept is that you get to play. Clearly, you can plug up to your television to play, and then you, if you want to go um, off, if, if you want to go outside of your home or whatever, you want to travel with the game. Now you can with the second screen. Is that innovative to you? No. Okay. I, I, I thought I was like trying to figure out why, th- like that's a selling point. Yeah. Like, why would I be attracted and to this, that? And this thing where you can, yeah, like you, you, it's, just, it's. I think it's all bad. Man, Nintendo's fucking up, man. Like that. Like, what is that? (laughs) Well, it's it's a controller that you can switch. It's a controller. (laughs) And then you can have it, like, two controllers in one, or one controller, and it's just, the design's awful. I don't know. I don't know. I I, I mean, we'll see. I I mean, are the games going to be that groundbreaking? They must have to be, because this is so far so But, I mean, I understand, theoretically, what they're trying to do. Obviously, they were late in the game. Um, when mobile gaming started to really, you know, pick up steam, and now mobile gaming is a bit multi-billion-dollar industry, and now they're like last place, you know, and yep. so that they're trying to figure out a way to bring their games and make them portable, like they did with the NES. But man, they're just they're just fucking up. Yep, they're fucking up. On that cheery note, that's all I got. Anything else you got? Man, that's all I got, man. That's all I got. Um, yeah. Trying to think if there's anything else techno- tech- with technology that's happening, no, but I can't think. I, of I do have something up. For, I, this is a, kind of a newsy nerd head, but PBS Frontline has, a, has an amazing episode going on right now um, called "The Divided States of America." Mm-hmm. And Frontline is, you know, if you're not, if you're not familiar, Frontline, it's a stalwart, like amazing investigative series uh, on PBS uh, in, the, in the vein of uh, 60 Minutes, except long, longer form. They do a right. lot of good, do- like, like bio stuff and investigative stuff. When they get into the investigative stuff, it's incredible. But this is more of a documentary report, Divided States of America. It gets, goes really deep. And part two is last night, part two is tonight. I mean, you can find it on PBS. Or you can find it on the app. You can find it on, if you find a local PBS station. But I highly recommend it. Right. Um, that's all I got. Yeah, I, I don't have nothing else, man. Okay. Well, then that's it. Then, uh, we will uh, we will see you. Uh, next time we see you, we will, we will have a new president. There will be a new president. There will be a new president. (laughs) Okay. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Peace. 
Oh, thank you very much. Everyone can find you, Akili, where? Oh, they can find me on Instagram and Twitter all day long at Akili Shine, A-K-I-L-I-S-H-I-N-E. And where can they find you? Instagram and Twitter at Joe K. Braswell, Snapchat J.K. Braz. Thank you very much, Marissa uh, Serafini, and we'll see you next week. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us, info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio, Instagram, at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. Hollywood Redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host owner and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.